Okay. So, episode 17. 17? Yeah. 17. That's pretty good. Can't believe we've stuck it, stuck with it this long. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, all right. We've kind of, we've settled into a bit of a rhythm where we, well, we'll see. First, I'm Al's at home, you're Matt's at home, and this is the Mavs Podcast. And uh, lately we've been starting out just checking out what we have dubbed the tank ranking, but uh, because of some our recent four-game winning streak, we will just call it the rankings. And so uh, we're still we're still stuck at a crossroads. We we've got the seventh worst record in the league. Uh, it's a three-way tie. So you could say seventh or tenth worst, whatever you want to say. But we're only two games out of you know, where the Lakers are at with 18 wins and being, a, you know, one of the worst three three teams in the league. That being said, with the loss last night, we are three and a half games out of the eighth slot. So, very similar spot we were in last week, but uh, still, still providing an exciting brand of basketball. So, um, I'm, I'm happy with what's going on because the young guys are playing. And, uh, man, last night's game was just one for the – it was a classic dirt game, huh? Yeah, I mean, and this is the second year in a row he's had one of those types of games at home against Portland. Last year he put up 40 against them in a game they had to win to make the playoffs. And, yeah, last night 25 and, and almost the game winner there at the end if, if McCollum doesn't hit that shot. But – yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a real fun style of basketball. I mean, I love it. The the curry Farrell backcourt, I think it's great. You know, Barnes is still playing great. And, you know, it's it's really one of these things where it's like, and, yeah, they lost to Denver. They lost to Portland. This is exactly who, you know, that bad start really kind of helped them as far as making the lottery. Yeah. Because it was such a big hole. That yeah. now that they're sort of the team that I thought they would be, in that the sort of entertaining, uh, in every game sort of team, that it's like they're just not quite there, uh, certainly from a record standpoint, to make the playoffs. And yeah, you lose two, three in a row, teams are so bunched up, they could end up near the bottom of the standings. And, you know, with a great pick to go along with these younger guys who are developing. Well, it's true because nobody saw beginning of the year. Everyone was hoping Curry would contribute. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody even knew Finney Smith would make the team. Uh, Yogi Ferrell starting now, so there, there's a lot of pros in terms of young guys playing. You know, and even with even with Barnes after the finals, people thought maybe it's kind of crazy to max that guy out. Maybe that's not a great move. And I think he's proven a lot of people wrong. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's, he's been so consistent that you forget people were laughing at the Chandler Parsons, Harrison Barnes swap. And now it's laughable in reverse. Cause like, yeah. you even, I don't even hear of Chandler Parsons anymore. I have no idea if he's even playing or what, but, uh, I saw he had a little beef with CJ McCollum last week and he airballed the three, but you know, that's <laughs> just kind of like when you're making the news for your tweets and not your play, 
I think that about... You could be president of the United States. This is true. This is true. And and I think I think that about summed up, you know, Chandler Parsons' stay here, is that he was like social media king, and yeah. it it meant nothing. It really meant nothing. And and you know what? I wish him the best. I nothing against him. Uh, like the guy, uh, I appreciate his gall and wanting to be a number one or a number two scorer, but uh, you know, it just hasn't happened for him. But I'm I'm very happy with. You know, where the Mavs are at with Barnes as well. That was a good point. And, you know, you look at a team, uh, I think we're fairly equal to Portland right now. In fact, if you offered me their roster for our roster, I don't think I would take it right now. I, I think, uh, if you match up star for star, CJ McCollum is a much better number two. But I like Damian, I like Harrison Barnes more than Damian Lillard just because I think you could find players to play with Barnes much more easily than to play with Lillard, you know? Yeah, maybe. I think I would, I'm, I still might put Lillard above Barnes in that sort of side by side. But to me, and I think we talked about this, I don't know, in a past episode, but Portland's roster is just kind of weird. Like, you yeah. look at their team, and it's like, all right, yeah, you have good players on that roster. But yeah. I don't know if all the pieces really fit together, and I don't know if they've got all the pieces to really have, uh, you know, a run at a championship. And uh, I think it's more they're going to be a playoff team for several years, but they may end up being almost like the run the Grizzlies had, you know, that's kind of, at a weird spot too and that it's like oh, that's a good team right there and they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs but no one thinks of them as a championship contender yeah i mean i would even say a step below memphis simply because um you know they have no they have no contract flexibility on that team like they have no expiring they they used up all their cash with the angle of now we have all these assets to trade and the salary cap only going up. Except I don't think their assets are that attractive. The Allen Kraft, the Evan Turners. I, I don't see anybody wanting those guys on their roster. And so you're just stuck with these three, four-year deals locking up your roster. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, then you look at the Mavs, for instance, and if they don't take on any more salary through trades this year, we're going to have enough. We're going to have about $29, $30 million open to go out and try to sign one of these younger restricted free agents like a, a Nerland Noel or an Otto Porter or whomever. And, you know, that's that's getting, you know, money for nothing right there where you could get a, a nice up-and-comer for those screwed-up, you know, non-draft picks you had in the last three, four years. And so... That I, I I think you have more opportunity to make a quicker leap that with that approach because you combine let's say you combine a Nerland Noel with a you know whoever our lottery pick is that's that's a nice upgrade season to season you know yeah I agree <laughs> and and Portland is not in a position to your point to sign a free agent and they're going to make the playoffs or if they make the playoffs I guess they're kind of borderline right now but let's say 
you know, they're either going to be at the end of the lottery or they're going to be the eighth seed in the playoffs. And so yeah. you're not talking about a pick. That's a, that's a draft pick that can be impactful. We've certainly seen guys that come out in the teens, you know, and are, are good players, but you know, that's, that's really not upgrading your roster significantly. Like you were talking about where, yeah, I, I agree. You know, you go get a, a big time free agent or, or even a medium time free agent. If you're the Mavericks and, and you have a lottery pick in this draft coming up, I, yeah, we could be significantly better and, and younger again next year. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And, you know, after seeing Denver the other night, their, their roster is pretty stacked. Like I don't see how they don't get that eight seed. And then, um, and I think they could really compete with Golden State too, because the, the players they have on their roster, they've got some really good size. Um, they should get the eight seed. And then if this Okafor trade goes down with New Orleans, I see New Orleans as the next, you know, that, that other team that competes with them. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I don't even see Portland making the playoffs. They, they just didn't impress me at all. Uh, we should have won last night, which we would have swept them two out of three. I mean, we split, so what? But, um, they're just not an impressive team. Like, I don't see how Denver, um, loses that eight seed, but you never know. Injuries, whatever. Right. Well, and Denver, you know, is reliant on, you know, Jamal Murray and Moutier and, and, you know, Nurkic, and it's like, that's, you know, it's still kind of a group that hasn't played together a whole lot. So you could still have them, you know, they could lose a few in a row and flip back potentially. You know, that's the only, but I agree from a talent standpoint, that's, that's a pretty good team. Yeah. Yeah. And I like Mike Malone. He's a good coach. I think, uh, they should do it. All right. So my second point this week is a, is a pretty hot take here. Okay. Um, okay. Is, is Yogi Ferrell. The Mavs version of Dak Prescott. <laughs> okay, now just slow down, okay? He started five, is it five or six games now? I think it's six. Six games. Yeah, because we've six lost games. two in a row. He's four and two, but the Mavs starting lineup is is just doing so well without him. You know, I, I think their turnovers are uh, one in every ten possessions. Their rebounding is way up. I think um, I want to say it went up from like 46. They, they were one of the worst starting lineup rebounding teams in the league, and now they're at I think the 50, 52, um, 52. I don't know if it's 52 percent or 52 boards a game. Whatever, it's not boards. Yeah, but uh, be 52 percent probably. Yeah, they're doing so much better that I don't see. You know, I. They're just playing Carlisle ball is what it comes down to. And I don't see, you know, Carlisle, he's pretty old school, but he bases all his lineups on, you know, the PER and different combinations and how they play together. And I think he's just going to look at that starting lineup and be like, yeah, we're just going to roll with it (laughs) and just see how it goes. And... uh, so yeah, where does that where does that put us with Derek Williams? I think he's fine with it, honestly. Like this goes back to a lot of our conversations we've had about D Will, and uh, I don't think like I think he just wants to have a good time at this point in his career, and he wants to live in Dallas. 
And I say that with respect. I don't say that as like, you know, putting him down in any way. But he's going on these road trips. You know, he's he's on the sidelines or you know on bench for these road trips. He doesn't need to go on, and it seems like he's loving it. You know, he just loves being part of the team. He loves living in Dallas. And, um, you know, I've looked at the trade machine. There's, he's not going anywhere, you know. He really isn't. Yeah, um, no, I don't there's, think there's anything anyone can do. Because the teams, the contending teams that may want him, I don't think can afford his contract. Exactly. And we're just not going to take salary back at this point. Yeah, Right. Yeah. And so with that all said, it really opens the door for um, – I'm not trying to just pump up my own ideas, but earlier in the year I stated how I think Darren Williams could be an awesome sixth man for the next few years. And um, this could open the door to experiment with that, where he's just a gunner off the bench, very Jason Terry-like combo card, where he just comes in and, you know, he's scoring 15 points in like, you know, 20 minutes a game. And I, I think... I think he could make a case for being re-signed even if he plays that role well. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that, uh, but I just don't know. I think that would be a little bit against type for Darren Williams because throughout his career, he's kind of not shown himself to be that kind of team player for a team. And that's where I, I hope you're right because I agree if he were to come off the bench, like, that'd be, you know, it's almost like when we had Vince Carter here coming off the bench. You know, Carter would come in and, and just light it up because he's just a scorer, you know. Yeah. And if Williams just wanted to come in and do that, and it's like, hey, look, we need you to lead this second unit. If he was willing to do that, I, I'm all for that. I'm all for keeping him for a couple more years. But I, I just wonder how much uh, he wants to do that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. We're going to have to see if he has a little press conference in the uh, coming weeks, you know, a la Tony Romo, to just uh, succeed. <laughs> Give the emotional, yeah, yeah. To succeed, succeed like, the... What, uh, are you, what are you talking about? Nobody. Yeah. I just don't think anyone's going to be clamoring for him to start like uh, like I was for Romo. I still think we would have beat Green Bay with Romo, but that's a different... Uh, a different topic. That's well, a different podcast. Yeah, different podcast. that is the Cowboys podcast, not the Mass <laughs> podcast. It's coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. Coming soon. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I think uh, I do think uh, he doesn't start anymore. I think this could be it, and this could be the best thing for everybody involved. And I know you said it's not his mo, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering if. He's had nagging injuries every year. He's he's really got to come to grips. This isn't like Tony Romo where it was like, oh, last two years, crushing injuries. Like, he's basically been injured for the, you know, a good chunk of the year for, what, since like 2010, right? It's like a yeah, seven-year pretty much. <laughs> pretty much ever since he went to New Jersey. Like, he signed that contract with the Nets. And or he got traded to the Nets and then he re-signed with them. But yeah, since he went there, it's pretty much been ah, uh, he's banged up again. Uh, he's yeah, I mean, out. he's out for this much time. Yeah, we now have 
we now have a seven season sample of his durability. <laughs> like I think I think Carlisle and Cuban could put together a really nice PowerPoint on this and be like twenty minutes a game, you go in there and you just rip up people's second strings and you're gonna be sixth man of the year. I, I think they could sell them on this. I like this. Yeah. Idea, you know? <laughs> I like my own idea. I like I my like own it idea. A lot. I like <laughs> and, it a lot. Yeah, yeah. You know, this could really work. And so, all right, so that's that leads me to my third point, which is probably going to be the third point for the next couple weeks, which is uh, the potential trades, all right? Yeah. Darren Williams is off the table, not because we don't want to trade him, but we're just – it's just not happening. I, I – he needs to approve where he goes. That pretty much narrows it down to Cleveland, Clippers, or Golden State. And uh, they don't have the assets, so we just move on. And I don't, I don't think he wants to buy out, you know? And I don't think the Mavericks really want to buy out with Darren Williams. I don't think it's no. to the point where it's like, let's just jettison this guy. I don't. It, you know, while yes, I don't know if he how much of a team guy he is. I don't think the Mavericks dislike his presence at all. You know, so I think I agree. Yeah, I think it's been fine, and so I don't think they're going to buy him out. Because what would be the point, really, unless you're just kind of saying we're all in on you know? But then Berea has been hurt, Harris has been hurt. You know, it's, we kind of need the depth to some degree. Well, to some degree, but we want to keep playing uh, Yogi and, and Curry. And so right. I think at some point we're going to have a log jam at the guard spot. And uh, I really like the idea. I'm really surprised Cleveland hasn't come harder at the maps for Devin Harris because he would arguably fill that role for Cleveland at a backup point guard better than Darren Williams because – I think uh, he's quicker, he's better on defense, and um, I don't know. I just think he's better at penetrating. I, I think he's more of what they need, and they have uh, they have a $4 million trade exception. So just throw in a second-round pick, and there's your trade. That's the, it's like the easiest trade on the board uh, for both teams, and I think it makes great sense. I, I just, A, do you like it, B... Why do you think Cleveland is not doing it? Um, I don't. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good trade. You know, I mean, certainly for Cleveland, Harris has shown he can integrate himself into a team, you know, and, and be successful and play whatever role is needed. So, I think that uh, that wouldn't be an issue for them. For the Mavericks, yeah, it just frees up more playing time for the younger guys, which is which is fine. And we get a little trade exception, we get another draft pick. So. I don't think it's a bad trade. I don't know what Cleveland is doing. You know, like as yeah. far as I, I don't understand the we need one more player. We don't have enough players. Like we're like somehow they're short on talent. Like I don't get that to begin with, right? And I kind of agree right. with with Bar- Barkley's assessment. Like, what is LeBron's problem? Like, yeah. why why is he keep bringing this up? Um, as if the backup point guard role is what's stopping them in, in all of this, you know? Um, but, yeah, and the irony is I don't think Deladova played at all in the finals last year when they were making their comeback. I, like, that was no. sort of the 
that was sort of the joke of free agency where Deladova and Mozgov didn't play at all, yet they got the big contracts, you know? Yep. Yeah. So. No, the only reason those guys played a year before was because of injuries. Yeah. And, exactly. and, you know, when Kyrie Irving is hurt, like, you don't need, or when he's healthy, Cleveland doesn't need to worry about a backup point guard. Yeah. It's like, true. Like, they get to the finals. If you just need someone to kind of, you know, ease up on Kyrie's minutes while, um, you know, leading up to the finals, maybe, but, but go ahead and develop, you know, what's his name, Liggins or whoever's up there that they wouldn't let go of earlier this year. It's like, that's what they yeah. should be spending their, their season doing. So, yeah, I, I don't know what Cleveland's doing and, and they really don't have, I think the tough part is they don't have much to trade. And I think oh, that's there's probably nothing. some concern in the front office that, like, okay, if we dump this trade exception and another draft pick, look, we're not going to – this is going to be our roster for the next few years. Now, it's a hell of a roster to have for the next few years, you know. And if it gets you a, another championship or, or even two championships, who cares that you're going to be – you're going to sink to the bottom of the league when, when LeBron's gone? Because you probably would do that no matter what. But – um, yeah, yeah. I don't know why they might be hesitant to do that in in any way. I didn't understand the sort of retread workout that they had. That was like kind of a kind of made to be a big deal where they brought in like yeah. Mario Chalmers and yeah, Kurt Heinrich and and the, those guys. And I, yeah, I don't know what Cleveland's doing and and what all the. They keep talking about how they need something. They need something. I, I really don't think they do. I think they just need to go out and play. If they need anything, it's you know LeBron to sit out a little bit more. Yeah, I would give LeBron way too many three weeks minutes. off. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I I think if they don't win the title this year, um, I definitely look for Tristan Thompson to get moved if they can move him because he's just. I don't know. I mean, if they're going to keep love, they don't need Thompson. That's kind of how I see it. But whatever. This isn't the Cavs podcast. This is the Mavs podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Good segue. uh, Good good segue. segue To uh, another tough trade is uh, Bogut because, well, he sucks. Right now, he's not, he's not, (laughs) he's not playing. He's not playing. And, you know, I'm fearing other teams just thinking he's done, you know. And so I don't think we get a first. The only thing I could come up with on the trade machine was uh, Amir Johnson and a second rounder, the Celtics. And it's, you know, luckily they have four second round picks. So I yeah. think tying one away from the uh, Celtics is not going to be hard. And, um, you know, then I think they would have Bogut's bird rights if he ha- he was on the roster. So if they wanted to resign him, um, you know, there's just more flexibility there moving forward because they're, they're likely going to have a top three pick with uh, a Nets pick. And so they're likely right. going to have a young point guard be overloaded at point guard. But then if you've got Bogut and Horford as your – in your front line, I, I think that's that's a nice depth, and uh, and I'd be happy. They have Minnesota's, the Clippers, 
and the Cavaliers second rounder. I would love Minnesota. Uh, something tells me Ainge would try to push to give us the Cavs second rounder, but right now, right. right now, anything I think would be good because if the Mavs end up with like the tenth pick and they want to trade up and maybe get the seventh pick, having extra seconds is going to help, you know. Yeah, I would agree with that. At this point, if you can get anything for Bogut, I mean, and that's really the sad part is earlier in the year, it was like, you could flip this guy for a first rounder. What a great asset to have. And he just hasn't played at all. And so any contender is looking at that and saying, are we better off picking up Verizhao off the scrap heap because he's well, healthy? Verichal is terrible. <laughs> he is. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying they're comparable players. I'm just yeah. saying at least he is an able body. Like, I don't know what bogus injury situation is, like, as far as severity, but, I mean, he has hardly played this year. And so it's... Yeah, that's true. And if he's going to be a free agent, it's like, if you're the Celtics, as, as savvy as they've been in, in accumulating all the assets they have, why are you going to give some away for someone who may not play for you for two months and then walks away in free agency? Well, I think the angle would be for the dress rehearsal of it. Like, he could end up helping them, and then they're not pursuing him in free agency after they've missed out on somebody else. You know, they're like, no, we've had him. We know he's done. Or, yeah, he was a great fit with Brad Stevens. You know, there's, I think there's a lot of positives to the Celtics getting him now. Yeah. Um, I just hope I just hope Donnie does something because uh, right now we've essentially seen a four-game win streak without two of our best trade assets, you know, which is Devo right, and, right. and Bogut. So, you know, we we don't need them playing either of those guys, and so I'd, I'd yeah. love to get something for uh, Bogut, and then uh, yeah, like I said, I, I don't think Devin Harris is on the roster next year. I think he has a buyout. Uh, that guarantees him only like 1.6 million out of his four, and so I think uh, I think it's best to just trade him out too because he he's actually playing great. Be a good trade for, yeah. for whoever gets him. Yeah. Um, all right, week ahead. What do we got? Week ahead. Uh, so tomorrow night, Thursday night, they are home against the Jazz. Um, Saturday yeah, night at home. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday night, it's home against the Orlando Magic, which could be a win. Now, probably uh, and that is that is zombie night at the AC, so you can come dressed as a zombie. Now, um, what, do you, what do you get for that? Like a bobblehead or something? Like a no, no. You just get to dress like a zombie. Yeah. Couldn't I dress no. like a zombie for anything? Uh, no. No, you cannot. Only on zombie night. Okay? It's really, I don't know why I need to explain this. Okay. Oh, Zombie you might night. need to explain it a little Zombie further. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. They're running a lot of ads here. Like, uh, I guess The Walking Dead. I don't watch The Walking Dead, but you know, I know there's zombies on it. So there's okay. a lot of Walking Dead themed ads for Zombie huh. Night. Yeah, I guess. Look, I'm gonna you're... I'm gonna <laughs> defer to Cuban because he's he's smarter than me. I will concede to that. <laughs> So, He's a marketing genius, so we'll just go genius. with this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Monday night, they are home again against uh, the aforementioned Boston Celtics. 
uh, I think I'm going to be at that game, and it is Seth Curry bobblehead night. Okay. So that's, that could be exciting. And then yeah. they finish up uh, before the All-Star break. Wednesday they go at Detroit. Okay, so let's review here. Utah, Orlando, Detroit. What's the, what's the third game on this? Boston. Boston. Oh, Boston. Okay, so we could potentially be one and three for the week. That could be one and three, maybe two and two. I feel like that Detroit game might be a toss-up. Yeah, and I think we're getting Utah on a back-to-back, so you never know. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, okay. Well, see what happens there. My last thought, uh, you know how the Mavs do those fun marketing videos for their players? Yes. Like uh, they usually play them at the at the game and whatnot. Mm-hmm. What would you put at the odds that they do some sort of a parody of uh, YMCA and Yogi Ferrell, like YOGI or something? What what are the odds? Uh, well, I you know I don't know if you are signed up for the Mavericks emails, but I think they have already done a a Yogi video. And they did I think like it was, Yogi Bear thing. No, they did. They played upon his last name of uh, Farrell, and they used the uh, Pharrell song "Happy" oh, and that's made terrible. It Yogi. Yogi. Oh, okay. I'll give it to him. I guess it's got more <laughs> of a jingle to it. Yeah. I don't know. You know, he signed a two-year deal. I think uh, YMCA might be in there. <laughs> there's a lot. Uh, hopefully, there's a lot on the horizon. For Yogi yeah. from the marketing department, and uh, you know, I'm sure they're listening to this podcast every week, and of course. Uh, they'll probably they'll probably take that idea. Yeah, and I'm okay with it. They could have it. Um, I just want to see it. You know. Yeah. So, uh, that, could, that could happen. So I say next week. Uh, it's Wednesday today. I say we go uh, on Thursday next week in light of. You know, Wednesday night being the last game before the All-Star break. All-Star break in New Orleans. So, in New uh, Orleans, yeah. So you'll be might... you'll be live, right? Live tweeting throughout all the events there that weekend, yeah. right? No? Well, I've got a buddy of mine that's a cameraman, and uh, he might have a couple gigs uh, for All-Star weekend. So I'm going to try to be like his uh, his free intern. And see see if I could get some behind the scene interviews, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, only Wes Matthews will be down here. So if he <laughs> if he um, if he actually listens to this podcast, he might just slap me in the face if he sees my. But I feel like we came around on Wes Matthews. Like I we, we went from like a super negative to hey, this guy yeah. was a pretty good guy. You know? Yeah, I think uh, when I compared his moves. To my own, I think I might have lost him. But uh, you, you know, know, once he meets you, that's probably going to lead to a slap in the face. It's like <laughs> you might, you might sound like you're, you know, six six, and you played in Europe for a little bit, you know, and then he meets you, and it's like I well, hear that a lot. Five, yeah. You're five nine, and you definitely did not play in Europe for no. any stress of time. I've been so, there, but I did not uh, play professionally. Yeah, so I think um, that's where he might slap you. I might avoid Wes if I see him. Um, I might just introduce myself as uh, somebody else. But, um, yeah, so we'll see what All-Star Weekend brings. We might get some good uh, 
good cameos on the pod. Who knows? There we go. There we go. All right. So next Thursday, until then, uh, I'm Alf at home. You're Matt's at home. And this is EMAP's podcast. Uh, I guess tweets, email, too, right? Email yeah. tweets. Yeah. Yeah. The Maps pod, at the Maps podcast and then uh, mapspodcast at gmail.com. Send in your questions and we will, we might read them depending what the question is. But yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. It will be read. All right. All right. Until next week. I'll see you, man. All right. See you. Bye-bye.